0: Welcome to the Strategic Leader Podcast, a program all about transforming minds and developing leaders. Our goal is to challenge your thinking, expand your vision, and awaken the emerging leader in you. Now, here is your leadership mentor and coach, and the host of the Strategic Leader Podcast, Brian Holmes.
1: Welcome everyone to episode 200 of the Strategic Leader Podcast. We are gathering emerging leaders together in this great community, and as always, pouring into and focusing on personal and leadership development. No, your ears are not playing tricks on you. I am not Brian Holmes, but today I am hosting his show. Today is a special edition as the Strategic Leader Podcast has reached 200 episodes we thought we'd celebrate by turning the tables and making Brian the guest on his own podcast. I am Brian's favorite assistant, Val, and I've probably talked with several of you over the last couple of years. I am thrilled to put Brian in the hot seat today, so to speak, to answer your burning questions about him, his business, his habits, and for this 200th episode of the Strategic Leader Podcast. So let me tell you a little bit about brian holmes he is the man behind brianholmes.com and the regular host of the strategic leader podcast he is a leader of leaders teacher coach aviator seasoned author highly acclaimed speaker and an all-around genuine intuitive compassionate being Brian has shared his journey, his significant transitions, his passion and insights, and has continually poured value into his audience over the last many years. I've had the privilege of working with Brian for the last couple of years, and today I have the privilege of unveiling the answers to some of your, the audience's questions as we talk with him. Today might be one of my personal favorite podcast episodes, and I have no doubt you will appreciate and enjoy this episode as well as we take the time to really get to know the one, the only Brian Holmes. So without further ado, let's get to interviewing Brian on his own show right now. Brian, welcome to your own podcast. Are you nervous?
2: I am a little bit because I'm not sure where this is going to go. And I'm Glad to be on my own program.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to say, first of all, congratulations on 200 episodes. Can you even believe it?
2: It seems nearly impossible because it really seems like we just started this thing a couple of days ago.
1: Right, right. But here we are at 200 episodes. And so we wanted to make this really special. Turn the tables a little bit. Thank you for letting us hijack your podcast And we received several very thoughtful questions from your listening audience on what they wanted to learn more about from you or hear you unpack in more detail. And we're not going to be able to get to all of them today. I can tell you that, but I want you to be assured that you have an audience of very thoughtful, attentive, and transparent listeners. So why don't you give them a little shout out?
2: I do have a great audience and folks that I love and care for deeply. And I'm very grateful for all of you who listen to this podcast faithfully and and have shared it with other people it's wonderful
1: yes i agree so we've got a lot to cover today though there's a lot that people are wanting to know so i'm going to dive right in here are you ready
2: i i am i have one question before you start questioning okay i i just reserve the right to plead the fifth i just want to tell you this
1: (laughs) everyone reserves right but let me also tell you that anything you say can and will be used against you at some point i'm sure it will So to set the stage here, so to speak, why don't you give us a little bit of a background over the last two years or so on what your transformational journey has looked like and how you ended up here today impacting the lives of so many people?
2: Well, my story goes back a lot further than a couple of years. I've been in the people business for a long time, but it's been the last three to five years that I've been pursuing an avenue of of reaching people through mediums like this, through this podcast, through our blog, through video and of course, I travel a lot and speak, but uh, the journey has been really remarkable. And we have not discontinued doing the things we were doing before, but we have been able to add so many wonderful uh, technological and practical ways to to serve people. And that's what we desire to do. So it's it's been awesome. It's been a wonderful journey. It's been a happy journey. Uh, at times, it has been challenging and interesting, but you would expect that
1: right and we might even get to talking about some of those later on here but you are an author speaker coach leader and you are so involved in so many wonderful avenues of of this business and so many other things but how do you ensure the priority of your family and your personal goals outside of this arena not only not only keeping them as a focus but keeping them as precedent over everything you do in your business
2: that's a great question and I'm gonna be transparent as I try to be all the time and I, I won't say that I've done a perfect job of that. I'm a very driven soul. I'm very motivated to not just achieve for the sake of achieving but to to make an impact. And you know one of the things that I continue to work on is making time for my wife. Uh, Making time for my kids. And that's becoming more difficult, not so much on my part, but my kids are older now. You know, my son's in a full time job and involved in church and school and ministry and various things. My daughter is uh, in college now. So the days of us having just lots of time with our kids have passed, but uh, we do try to spend meaningful quality time as often as we can. As far as my family being a priority, honestly, if everything goes away, everything, if I lost everything I had, I'd want my family. And, uh, you know, and I know God has no desire to take all those other things from us. But at the same time, you know, I'd lay my life down for any one of them at any point in time. And not just my wife and my kids. That that extends out to, you know, uh, my in-laws, my beautiful, incredible in-laws and, and my my own mom who still is surviving and, and my own siblings who are still alive and what have you. So family's everything. It starts with that. In fact, that was the first thing God did was he made family.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And you talk a lot about how you were told one time if you could choose relationships or resources, Mm. choose relationships because they'll lead to the resources. So in the business, that's smart. But also, even if any little piece of this were stripped away, those relationships, including and especially with your family, are going to be foundational for anything to come later on.
2: Uh, Man, you can gain the whole world, the Bible says, and lose your own soul I would like to iterate it like this. You can gain the whole world and lose the relationships with the people that should mean the most to you and you wind up with nothing.
1: Mm -hmm. Fantastic answer. Thank you. We didn't even practice. Uh, And just so our audience knows, I have not prepped Brian at all. He doesn't know any of these questions. I'm flying
2: blind, people.
1: So, So far he's doing pretty well, but let's see if I can stump him. So Brian, you've always been a great advocate for the importance of continual learning and investing in personal development. So what would you say are some recent tools or resources that you've come across or maybe even revisited uh, that have greatly influenced your career and your calling?
2: Wow. Where do I begin with that? Uh, I've, I've shared a couple of times on the program and with some of my groups that I work with that there are two or three books that I read at least once a year. Uh, Think and Grow Rich, Rich by Napoleon Hill is one. Most recent or very recently, I read the book called Essentialism, and that's by uh, McEwen is his last name. Craig Greg. Sure. Greg McEwen, yes. yes, really rocked my world and helped me to to reshape things into a better focus and priority. And I I shared with you the other day that one of the most powerful things I've done recently is read the book and begin to practice something called the Miracle Morning. I tell you what, man. Hal Elrod. It's a simple book. It's not a hard read, and these are timeless principles. But the way he presents these, I am learning that you know, taking care of my body, but also getting up early and focusing on personal development, especially that personal, the the spiritual side of me, the emotional side of me, the the growing my mind and my competencies and my knowledge and my affirmations and revisiting my dreams, all those things, doing those things as the foundation of my day. I've always talked about that, but this has really helped me to hone back in on that practice. And I highly recommend that resource for sure.
1: That actually is kind of a great segue into this next question because you've shared before, even when you were a teenager listening to Zig Ziglar and uh, all these coaching and personal development resources. So along those lines... Is there anything you would tell your younger self to prepare the Brian Holmes of today for what he had coming?
2: Wow, that's a great question. I I think about this often. There are many things that I learned theoretically through listening to Zig, Jim Rohn, uh, Brian Tracy, uh, the list goes on and on. Just so many incredible, great leaders. Paul J. Meyer, uh, it just goes on. I, I consumed that stuff as a kid, and I, I loved it. I craved it. It definitely shaped the way I think. I also was exposed to some financial principles when I was very young. 18 years old, right out of high school, got involved with a company that was teaching some really incredible financial principles, but how if a person invested $25 a month you know, for just a few years and then just stopped investing everything, but they let that, let compound interest work for them for the next 50 years, they'd be wealthy. Here's the deal. If I were talking to my younger me, which by the way, I have a younger me, his name is Christian. He's my son. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If I were talking to my younger me, I would say it's not enough to know the principles. If you do not do them, they will not perform for you. And I'm turning 50 in just a, a few short weeks. And I am contemplating a lot of what ifs. And I'm not one who looks behind and lives in re- regret and all that because I just, sure. I can't think like that. But man, if I was talking to a younger person today, I would say, don't just learn stuff. If it's right, do stuff. And and by practicing principles, you'll reap the rewards for sure.
1: Speaking of principles and applying them, what would you say are the top three that you've learned that have been paramount to your success today?
2: Well, you mentioned one already, and one is that never underestimate the value of one relationship. I really genuinely believe that relationships are God's way of opening gateways and rooms and vaults and resources and opportunities to us. I I don't know historically or biblically or however you want to look at it that there's ever been a precedent where God didn't use people to open something up for us in a new season. And so to me, I treasure relationships. Just last week, uh, we had opportunity to be in two settings with two sets of people with whom we've had relationship, and we value and we treasure both of those. But one was from a more previous season, a more more of an older season, still treasure them, love them, have great relationship with them. One was from a newer season, you know, more of where we are today. And the whole weekend, after having met with both of those, or the la- really the last few days, I've been contemplating, what would life be without that? And so, number one, relationships are everything. Invest in relationships, number one, first and foremost. Hmm. Number two, I believe you have to invest in yourself. That's financially. It's, it's your time. It's your energy. Uh, it's just... You're only going to grow to the degree that you actually pour in. I mean you can't you can't squeeze anything out of an empty vessel. it's just empty. Yes uh, so I'm constantly trying to to live that principle. And the third thing is I I do believe that God wants us to prosper and I mean that in the, the sense of financially and I absolutely believe with all of my heart that we are supposed to have we do we do have the power to create wealth. And create opportunities for others even. At the same time, we can't serve money. We can't chase it. We can't make it something that it's not supposed to be, an idol. Uh, And so the third principle is simply this. It's Zig Ziglar going way back. If you help enough people in this world get what it is they want and what they need, you'll have everything you want. And to me, I'm always trying to frame and reframe my reference point to how can I serve someone? And I know that by doing that with all of my heart, with all of my strength, and with everything that God's blessed me with, whatever I desire, even even money things, even, you know, airplanes, anything, all of that, God will see to it that stuff comes around. As long as I'm focused on doing what it is I've been put here to do, which is to serve other people.
1: Right. And John Maxwell, I actually heard him give a talk about that very thing about pouring value into other people. And that's a fantastic principle to touch on, and I'm, I'm glad you did. But we're going to switch gears a little bit now and talk about the nitty gritty of the businessman <laughs> okay. behind BrianHolmes.com. So aside from hiring me as your assistant, what is the best business decision you've made to ensure you're following the path of your passion to lead others?
2: That's a fantastic question. So whoever sent that one in, that's great stuff. Other than hiring you.
1: Yeah, I, t- I took away the obvious answer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> I I think, and I'm, I'm trying to frame this in recent times, like the last couple, two or three years probably. I think the best decision that I have made is to office away from home, which ah. may, may sound kind of strange to some. And by the way, I do work from home yes. quite a bit. Yes, yes. But there is something about getting... Dressed, for starters, which is a good thing. You don't want to go out not dressed. I'm just saying.
1: Nobody wants that.
2: Nobody wants (laughs) that. Ain't nobody got time for that. But getting ready for a day, preparing your mind, your body, your spirit, your appearance, everything to go do what it is you've been called to do and, and what you love doing, what you have passion doing. And there is something about engaging your passion in a context or a setting or an environment that's been set up for your work. And I think that might be... The one that has had a big impact on me. Now let me fr- let me just kind of give that some context. I've always had an office of some kind, but what I do here, I could do in my living room in my pajamas. I could do it anywhere, anytime.
1: Right. That's one of the freedoms of being
2: an but, entrepreneur. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. But I, for me, and maybe for some people. Now here's the deal. If I had a basement, or uh, maybe a little uh, workshop or study that I could walk out of my house and go to, and I mean that. That would suffice for me. But there's distractions. There's familiarity in the home. Yes. There's there's the the ever-existent temptation to get up and go get yet another cup of Nespresso. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and the, the fix for that, by the way, is to have one in your office. But I'm working on that. <laughs> but, you know, it's just the things that go on at home. The dog barking. The dog wants to go outside. I mean, whatever the case may be. And it just interrupts the focus, the creativity, and the flow and for me, I just do better when I'm in a place where I'm I'm fixed.
1: Yeah, I I would have to speak to that as well in, a, in agreement. I love working from home, but I've talked before about clothing your calling. And so you always want to be ready and prepared for the work that you're doing. So. Let,
2: me, let me say this. And, and for those that don't know Val, and I'm not plugging Val here. I'm just simply saying Val does work from home as a virtual assistant. But I kid you not. I can't remember a time ever on one of her work days where I've called and spoken to her on video conference that she hasn't been dressed as if she's going to the bank to work <laughs> and that speaks volumes because you're you're putting you're putting on that responsibility literally. and I mean, I'm talking about makeup hair the whole deal yep. and so I, I you live that and I, yes, I appreciate I'm, you for that
1: I'm, I'm a firm a firm believer in that. so thank you very much. So this one and i I loved. This question, not only because I'm curious to hear your answer, but because I I think this is a powerful introspection all of us need to reflect on several times, periodically anyway. So brace yourself though, because this this is deep.
2: Do I need to sit down? Yeah, you,
1: you may need to sit down. What was the most difficult or important criticism you received and needed to hear and act on in order to advance to the level that you're on today.
2: As I'm processing that in my mind, let me say this. My personality style and the way I came up didn't allow for a great deal of accountability. Just just as a lifestyle, I, I wasn't prone to being really open to accountability a lot, which sure. I'm, I'm not proud of that. It's just, it's just kinda how I was wired, I think, or something. I, I would say that as I've gotten older, I have valued that more and more and more. There's two or three incidents that come to my mind from the last couple of years. One is the mastermind group that I am a part of who that's facilitated by Ray Edwards. And there's just so many wonderful people in that group. Uh, that group has called me on some things on a number of occasions that didn't feel good.
1: By the way, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank them for that.
2: (laughs) Well, yes, and I do as well. Uh, and mostly it was things like, for example, for those that don't know, I've I've spent twenty-five plus years working in church ministry. As would be the case with any career path or any genre that you were a part of, you take on the language of the of the people you work with and, and the, the environments and what have you. And so in communicating my message, which is personal healing, personal discovery, development, deployment, et cetera. I was tending to speak an old language, even though I was trying to speak to a new audience, and I had some of those people just bomb me and call me on it, and and I needed to hear it. And they've done it not just once, but multiple times because they're holding me accountable. That's what accountability is not just a one-time. Hey, I got some advice for you. Right. It's dude, you're doing it again. Would you please stop that n- nonsense? You know. Right. Uh, so that was one. Another one for me was even more recent when when I was making. Basically, excuses for why I had not taken action on something that I'd been talking about for two years, and I I can't say on this program what exactly was said to me. <laughs> <laughs> because this, we, is, this we have is a, a fam- mixed audience. This is a family show. <laughs> but in in no uncertain terms, the person who got in my grill uh, said to me, "Dude, I'm sick of hearing your stuff. All your excuses. All your complaining. All your whining." Either, either God's given you this to do or he hasn't. So make up your mind and do something. It was something like that, but it was much harder than that, much harsher than that. I'm grateful because that person loved me enough to do that to me. Right. So that was helpful. And it did move me off of center big time. Yeah. There's one more that comes to mind. I was at an event, uh, kind of a retreat with a bunch of guys not too long ago, maybe a year, year and a half ago. And I had been, and those that don't know, I am a Christian. I'm a believer. I have a. Just, I'm ever pursuing a deeper relationship with my father. And I had had a pretty incredible day with dad. That day, particularly concerning my business, by the way, concerning my career path, concerning the direction we were wanting to go and trying to figure some things out. I had really gotten some clarity. I mean, some like big quantum step kind of stuff. And I came back to the lodge that night from my little excursion out and I. I was sharing with the group, small group of guys, man, this is what happened today. This is kind of the clarity I got. I got some answers today I've been looking for, blah, 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 blah. And then I said, but, and I began to talk about the things that I wish I would have gotten that day. And a very dear friend that loves me to life in very harsh and meaningful ways. <laughs> <laughs> when I tell you, Val, that he got in my face, he literally stepped into me like bumping chest and he said, dude, I don't know what your problem is. And I'm not, I can't quote him here on sure. this program he says why can't today be enough and i at first i didn't understand his statement and then he says did you hear what i said he says why can't the the clarity the the revelation the understanding that god gave you today be enough for today tomorrow's another day but take that and do something with that and then the rest of it's going to unpack for you but he says you're ungrateful I mean, he went down the list, man. Wow. I mean, wow. I like, and I was sitting there, and anybody that knows me well knows I'm a crier. I mean, I'm, I'm tearing up right now thinking about that moment. Because I just began to weep because I'm like, it just struck me in my heart. I'm like, holy goodness, man. It's, yeah. He's exactly right. Yeah. So these are times when uh, I've allowed people to to have permission to say the tough things because those are pivot moments where if you allow people to speak into your life on that level, Uh, you can have some real shifts and some very positive ones. And that's been the case for me. And regarding the business, without going into all kinds of detail, it has those two or three incidents the last year, year and a half, have fundamentally changed the direction of everything we're doing. And because of that, it's expanding and growing, and other doors are opening and things are happening. So I hope that answers the question.
1: Absolutely, it does. And I, I would just like to say... Again, it comes back to relationships. And if you yeah. haven't, if you haven't listened to Brian talk about relationships, go back into the archives and, and listen to some of those podcasts. But they are so foundational to anything that you do in life. And and speaking of that, we received so many questions in some combination or another on how you intermingle your faith in God with your business. Mm. So I, we can't spend time on all of the questions we received about that today, so I'm going to kind of lump them together here. So what does it mean to you personally to be able to lead all people from all kinds of beliefs and backgrounds from your specific worldview as a believer?
2: That's a great question, and we have talked about that on the podcast a couple of times, but I would answer that like this. Every person has a worldview and, and even if you don't know you have one, you have one. We all do. We, we formulate that by the way we're raised, the parents we're around, the situations and circumstances that we're handed in life, whatever the case may be. In my case, it happens to be a God-centric, not a religious, but a God-centric kind of a focus. And I, I have great respect for people of from all walks of life. I'm going to jump out there. This may have to get edited off the deal, but I, I have dear friends Who have completely different beliefs than I do. I'm talking about uh, people that practice lifestyles, for example, that I personally believe are incorrect, wrong, not natural, whatever, however you want to put that. Sure. But I love these people, and they love me, and we can relate to one another. We can love one another, and we can can have a relationship. They know where I stand. I know where they stand, but I can still serve them, Mm -hmm. and that's the key. And for me, the bottom line answer to that question is this. Bible says we're salt and light. I'm not saying I'm right and everybody else is wrong, but whatever salt I have, whatever salt I've been given, that, that's my talents, my skills, my abilities, my message, whatever uh, key concepts and principles God's allowed me to live out and understand so I can help other people. Whatever salt I have, it belongs wherever I'm at. And so whoever it happens to get sprinkled on, I'm not trying to shove Jesus down anybody's throat. Right, right. Uh, And I'm not trying to convert anyone necessarily to my way of thinking or believing. I believe principles are principles, and it just so happens for me that it comes from a worldview. With that said, my worldview and my personal belief is that God wants us to prosper. God wants us to succeed. Our Creator did not put us here to struggle, to suffer, or to just live some mundane existence and then die there is a purpose, there is a reason, there is some significance that each of us carry. And my, my hope and my job is that through my worldview, I can help a lot of people find that lane and really succeed and do well and make a maximum impact during their lifetime.
1: So has your worldview and your business presented challenges for you?
2: Quite honestly, I find, I've, yeah, I've yet to run, run into anyone who's been offended by my occasional God reference, for example. Uh, but here, let me, let me talk about it like this. I come from a massive, huge, long history of church stuff, yes. religious stuff. Yes. Now, anyone that knows me knows I'm the least religious guy probably in the room, Amen. but I love God and I have a deep relationship with the Lord and I, I, <laughs> I flow in this thing where I'm able to help people with heart issues and what have all that stuff is true. But here's my thing. I was taught all these years. There's, there's, there's the sacred, that's the church and the stuff that God does and then there's the secular, and we have behaved for so long as if those two are mutually exclusive. I've come to believe in my worldview that that is one of the most devastating, most awful belief systems there, there can be. I don't believe God ever intended for us to take him out of education or school or the arts or anything else, nor do I believe that we're supposed to, to somehow have this isolation mindset I really believe people can do business. They can do business God's way. They can do business from a biblical worldview. They can do business from a principal worldview. But the point is, is that I can walk into a corporation to do a training. And I can teach on the four cornerstones or on transition or on leadership or whatever. And everything that I'm communicating is coming from my worldview. Right. But the principles are universal. Yes. They're there, they're timeless. Uh, some would say they're eternal. So the point is, is that I've not had a struggle with it in that sense. Again, as I mentioned a moment ago, my biggest personal struggle has been figuring out how to speak the language of those that I'm speaking to and do that effectively. Because sometimes we we talk in a way that someone can't receive and then I'm doing them no good. Right. So that's been my biggest challenge.
1: Right. So in that same vein, have you been able to and and... And how do you pick or choose, or maybe you don't, who to keep around you to influence and encourage you in maintaining your line of faith in your work?
2: Well, for me, that's, that's two or three different things. Uh, one, I have a circle of friends and peers that I do life with. And here's what I'll tell you. Um, that's a very different circle today than it was just a few years ago. And I'm I'm grateful for that. I've talked on the program many times about how even though sometimes seasons require you to move on from some relationships, God's real faithful to put other people in your life that are for the the new season. Right. In my case, that's been a, a two or three guys, and of course for Sabrina and I, that's my wife. For Sabrina and I, it's been those guys and their wives, and we do life together. We do things together. We hang out. We we hold. To, we were just uh, at dinner the other night with some of those folks, and. We laughed, we cut up, we acted crazy, we had all kinds of fun, we did music, we did everything, but then we probably spent an hour and a half t- having conversations like, how's your marriage doing? What's going on for real? And, and it was heart level stuff. Well, that doesn't happen much in our day to no. day, but I'm grateful that one, I have that level of relationship. Secondarily, I have a mastermind group that I, I pay to be a part of. Yes. Yes. And I pay significant money. People, most people would choke if they knew the kind of money that I pay to be a part of this group. But the point is, is that that group of people provide a different element to my life to help me in my focus, in my business. And in this particular group, we are a spirit-led, faith-based Christian group of men and women that are all business people. And so I'm able to glean from them and be accountable to them and learn from them as well as me pouring into their lives and helping them. So that's a big deal. And then the third thing for me is, uh, well, there's really another one that I'm missing here, but the third thing I was going to mention is, is that I have two people in my life that from a real spiritual standpoint, I feel like God put in my life to, to really keep me safe. I have a person I consider a spiritual father in my life. He's my pastor, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't live in the city I'm in. I don't go to his church, but he's in another another city. But that person I talk to at, like a dad mm-hmm. about everything, practical things, business things. And and he knows and I know that the a lot of the purpose of that is I want to make sure I'm not getting off in the weeds somewhere, you know? And so I have that with him and one other person, another person, this other uh, gentleman who I've been in relationship with for 20 plus years now is from another nation from halfway around the world. But this person is a godly friend, a wise sensei, a counselor, and someone who, again, may, I just want to make sure that I'm not getting off balance and somewhere out in the weeds. So peers and friends, uh, then in my case, it's more of an elevated business accountability kind of a setting where but in the context of my my worldview. yes. And then thirdly, it's a couple of people who have, I won't say imminent authority in my life, but I've given them permission to exercise authority over my life as a way of protecting and caring for us and making sure we're really on focus with what God's given us to do.
1: So important, so important for any of you listening to have that in your network, someone to be accountable to in in faith and business, whatever your vein is, Again, it all boils down to relationship.
2: And let me add this in. This is the one that came to my mind a moment ago that is as if not more important than any of those. There's two actually. One is I am learning and I have been learning for the last four or five years as a Christian what it actually looks like to have the kind of relationship with my heavenly father where I can chat with him and he can tell me things and and say, hey, dude. Uh, today you ought to think about doing that in your business. Do you know that God actually gives me input about my business, and, and I believe that. So that's one thing. Yes. And the second thing is uh, my wife.
1: Absolutely. And we
2: are constantly working on our relationship. We're always working at becoming one, becoming uh, not just closer, but literally functioning as one. The two shall become one. And we're working at that. It's it's a it's a work in progress. But those two relationships are paramount to that question as well.
1: So again, a beautiful segue. Thank you for setting these up so perfectly for me. So let's look into the man behind the business here. Okay. So you and Sabrina have been married for a long time. You have two beautiful grown children, but none of that was without struggle. So we all encounter struggles in our important relationships, but how did you or do you power through during those tough times, and how, this is a two-part question, how have your relationships with your children, and especially your wife, Sabrina, whom I am I adore, by the way. Hello, Sabrina. How have your relationships with them helped you become who you are today?
2: Okay, let's talk about the power through thing and the struggles. Every level in life is going to come with testing. It's like grade school. You know, you got to go to the next grade level, there are certain things you got to pass in order to get there. And Passing doesn't come without tests. And I've learned over the course of almost 28 years now of marriage. Is it 28? Yeah, almost 28 years. That in marriage, in relationships with friends, in whatever context you're working in or your career path, everything has tests. And and I'm framing that in the sense of struggles. It could be, you know, and I have friends of mine whose children have gone off the rails and crazy things have happened and very devastating heart-wrenching things have taken place that's a test that's a struggle and you've got to work through those things for me and I I, I want to say like I said a while ago about the, the family thing I I'm like Paul in Philippians chapter 3 I have not figured this out yet <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't claim to have mastered this but I will tell you that when, when adversity comes when challenges come and they will in whatever area of life, there has to be a strong foundation and a a baseline belief and focus that you can fall back on. Because if you don't have a couple of primary things figured out, it's going to blow you all over the place. I'll give you a metaphor that comes to my mind. I'm in my office right now in our studio and I'm looking at several pictures of airplanes because I love airplanes. I fly airplanes. When I was doing some of my advanced training for my commercial license, my instructor one day got us in intentionally, by the way, got us into some very difficult situations, not unsafe where we we're going to crash, but he put me in a circumstance where I had to, to deal with what, what would be a simulated crisis. Yes. And I instinctively did what I thought was Right. But the truth is, is that I really hadn't figured out before the thing happened, what I was going to do if that ever happened. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, wow. and it got me in trouble. And of course I, I gave him back the airplane, so to speak. And we got, we stabilized and got back where after a while we landed and we began to debrief for a couple of hours before we went back up again to, to for him to beat me down one more time. And he said, here's the deal, Brian. He says when you get into an emergency situation, a challenging situation, a crisis, you don't have time to figure it out. There are some things you have better have figured out before they happen so that second nature without even having to to blink your heart automatically goes to solution. And in life, that when he said that to me, of course, at the time I was pastoring a church, and I was preaching all over the world, and I thought, oh, my God, that's a great sermon, you know? (laughs) But that has stuck with me because here's the thing. The only way I can power through and successfully navigate those challenging, difficult times is to have some things figured out beforehand. One, for me, divorce is not an option. (laughs) Number two, my kids are everything to me, and whatever they need, no matter what they're going through, I'm with them, I love them, and I got them. You know, I mean, these are things that sound, they sound like, okay, of course, that's what you'd say. No, I'm talking about it at a heart level. You got to have these things settled. Right. 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 You know, and you've been through things. I've been through things. We've all experienced various levels of, of struggle and challenges. There's just some things you got to know mm-hmm. and, and be set on because you can lean on those things. They're stable. They're rooted. So I guess in my wife and I in 2000 went through, well, we came to, we had been going through some really challenging years. We came to a crisis point. Most of you have heard my story. If you haven't, it's it's there on the website. But thankfully, God orchestrated some people to be around us in that time to help us to navigate some of that. But we came out the other, we just determined we're not giving up. We're not giving in no matter what it cost us. We have to find out what God has for us on the other side of this broken place. right. And that was one season. And then the kids growing up and, you know, the grieving of all of that stuff. And uh, just I could go on and on about struggle. The bottom line for us has been this. One, we we decided a long time ago divorce is not an option. Number two, for, for us as a family, God is our source, no one else. Number three... We have always endeavored to keep people, at least one or two people around us that we can trust implicitly and go to if we need somebody to hold our arms up in a bad place. Mm-hmm. And again, back to relationships, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I hope that answers, but that's, we've been through some stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, but it's it's so important to determine even before you go through anything that you're going to come through it together.
2: And that's not to say that you're going to have every answer because God knows you're not going to have all the answers, exactly. But there are some baseline principles and and issues that you can settle in your heart, so that you can lean on those when you don't have all the answers.
1: Exactly. So we we I mean we're just about to wrap up here, but you did mention planes and that you're a pilot. Yes. And you, but
2: I don't give yeah. a rip about trains and automobiles, but <laughs> planes are my thing.
1: But planes are your thing, and I don't think I even know this. In fact, I know I don't. How did that happen? How did you become a pilot? How did that even come into your radar? See what I did there.
2: Uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, well, I would just go back to this. Uh, when I was a toddler, probably, I mean, as young as I can remember, and my, my parents tell me that when I was a little kid, I was just somehow fascinated with airplanes. We lived uh, on the south end of Houston Hobby Airport. We were, as the crow flies, we were about three miles from the landing point or the end of the runway, runway three at Houston Hobby. It used to be the only runway there, as a matter of fact, back in the day. Every day, all day, planes were flying over our home at low altitudes on their way in or on their way out of Hobby Airport. And I would climb up in a tree or up in my little treehouse that I eventually built, and I, I would go up there and I would just sit all day. My dad saw that interest in me. He would drive me across the other side of the city 45 minutes to the big airport, we called it, We'd go to the top of the parking garage and sit on the top of the parking garage, which was exposed to the elements and to everything, and we'd watch big planes take off and land. We'd talk about what size plane, where it's going, all that stuff. He'd buy me books. I read every book on flying. I was reading textbooks on how to fly an airplane when I was probably 10, 11 years old. Oh, my word. In my mind, i had flown airplanes a 1,000 times before I ever sat in one to fly it. I was in something called the Civil Air Patrol, which, by the way, is a fantastic organization. still exists. Great way for kids to get involved. Their cadet program is amazing, and they will actually teach you to fly. I quit the CAP uh, because I got really deeply involved in two teenager things, varsity basketball and girls, (laughs) 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 and I just somehow I didn't lose interest, but I couldn't fit it all in, and I just kind of slid away from that. Otherwise, I would have had my pilot's license at 16 years old. Oh, wow. Long story short, all the years later, I get married. In 1989, we were married. About a year after that, year and a half after that, I had a little money stashed away, and I just had this burning desire. I'm getting my pilot's license. So I got my private pilot's license in 1990 or 91, early 91. And then I flew with just that license and certification for a number of years. And then uh, quite a while back, 10, 12 years ago, I got my instrument rating, my multi-engine rating, and my commercial license. And I have flown everything from single-engine, little slow, you know, wind up airplanes to some of the most state-of-the-art jets that have ever been created.
1: Do you have a favorite?
2: Uh, I have a favorite that I've flown. Yes. It's the uh, Cessna Citation CJ3 and CJ4. That's two different airplanes. One's a little bit larger and faster than the other, but, uh, those by far were my most remarkable experience.
1: And so if you could, if you could fly one of your Cessna planes anywhere, somewhere you've been or never been, do you have like a a fantasy destination?
2: Not so much in relationship to me flying someplace uh here's how i look at private aviation Uh, private aviation is all about convenience and about the experience and so here's my deal if i have a chance to fly any airplane anywhere i'm happy because one i get to go to the place and enjoy the place but two i get to fly myself there
1: that's so cool yep so as we wrap up here brian you've been a very gracious guest on your podcast. You've been think.
2: an absolutely incredible host.
1: Well, thank you. Should I quit my day job? Uh, probably not. Okay. <laughs> you you always like to close out with a nugget of encouragement. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to turn this over to you. If there's anything you'd like to share specifically today on this special 200th episode of your podcast.
2: I, I would say this. Life is lived on levels. It's experienced in stages. And... It's going to always, it should always be a forward progression of things. You know, one of my dear friends, Sam Chand, was a guest on the program a while back. You know, he says, growth equals change, change equals loss, loss equals pain, but therefore growth equals pain. And wherever you are now, we're at episode 200. I never imagined 200. I thought 100 was crazy, but 200, uh, I I didn't understand really that we could do this. And there's something I'm sure someone in our audience is thinking, well, I don't know if I can do that. You can do it. Here's the deal. It's going to require you to grow. It's going to require some change. It's not going to be fun all the time. (laughs) It's going to be some work and some pain and some whatever, some sacrifice. But it's worth it. If I can tell our audience anything, if you have a dream, if you have a desire, if you feel like worldview, that God is calling you to do something significant, don't don't make excuses. Get some people around you that can help you to develop that and, and formulate that and launch that. I promise you, it's so much fun doing what we do. And i You're here. everything that I do, uh you know this better than most. I am so deeply passionate. I don't there's nothing that I'm doing presently that I don't enjoy doing. And that's something to say. So that's maybe one more encouraging word. Don't give your life over to stuff that you don't enjoy doing. So there you go.
1: Well, Brian, again, thank you so much. And I hope you as the audience had your question answered. Uh, if not, here, here's to 200 more, right? And we, we can Absolutely. do this again.
2: Well, thank you for being such a gracious and incredible host. I, I was a little nervous, not so much because of the questions, but because I knew you were hosting and I, right. knew, I knew that. It, you could spring anything on me.
1: Well, and sass and sarcasm are my love language. So.
2: <laughs> don't don't I know this? <laughs> but Val, thank you for being an awesome host. And we, we need to do this again. This is kind of fun. I liked it. Uh, kind of turning the tables. But thank I you for that. It. And I want to say this too. We wouldn't have 200 episodes if it wasn't for the people who listen to it. And right, so for right. all of you, and, and there's a lot, there's thousands that listen to this every single week. Thank you. Thank you for faithfully listening. I'm so grateful and so blessed that something we're doing is helping you to grow, to develop, to be transformed, to be healed. Uh, We are here to serve you, and we just love doing this. Well, that was a lot of fun, if I might say so myself. Thanks to Val Kleppen, my gracious and wonderful assistant, helping us today to put together episode number 200 what a great job and it was fun answering your questions want to encourage you as always to share this episode with those that you love and care about let somebody know about what we're doing here at brianholmes.com certainly if you have not yet done so subscribe to our weekly email updates we'd love to to have you on board in this wonderful community and i want to reiterate what val was saying a moment ago there's some really fun incredible things coming in the next couple of months as we Uh, wrap up another year and move into 2017. It's going to be a phenomenal season for all of us here in the brianholmes.com community, so be a part of that. I want to just say this too. We have a couple of seats still remaining in the Strategic Influencers Mastermind group. At the time of this recording, we have a couple of seats remaining. If you have been on the fence, maybe you've been looking at our materials at brianholmes.com forward slash mastermind and you've really been praying about it, thinking about how you can connect with the right kind of people to help you move your life, your leadership to the next level, but you're just not totally sure, reach out to Val through our email there on the website. Let us know uh, that you're interested, and we will have a conversation with you. We'll talk to you, and we'll see if it's the right timing and the right fit for you, but we'd love to have you at least take the step of pursuing the possibility of of, of moving your life to that next level. Well, until next time, thank you for being a part of all of this episode 200. We love you. We deeply appreciate you. We look forward to seeing you again very, very soon.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Strategic Leader Podcast. We trust that this program has added value to your life and to the development of your leadership potential. You can join our growing community of strategic influencers by connecting with us at brianholmes.com and by sharing this podcast with others who are seeking to take their life and leadership to the next level. May God bless you immensely. And until next time, remember this, you are created to lead.